This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone. Welcome back to the first shorts where we are covering some of the early Muslims who don't have much to their biography but so much for us to learn from in terms of the quality of their iman and their stories. And subhanAllah, today we're covering someone who has a tragic story followed by a tragic story followed by triumph. And that is a man by the name of Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he is the cousin of Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. So we're still people that were close to Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Ayyash radiallahu anhu is someone who there are several verses of the Qur'an that inshallah ta'ala by the end of this short lesson, you'll have a greater appreciation for those verses because so many of those verses are related to Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Ayyash is not only the cousin of Umar ibn Khattab, his full name being Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah ibn al-Mughira, uh, but he's also the half-brother of Abu Jahl. He's the half-brother of Abu Jahl, the pharaoh of this ummah, the fir'aun of this ummah, and he's specifically his half-brother through the same mother. So both of them had the same mother, and Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to love his mother. SubhanAllah, imagine this mom, who has a companion as a son and has Abu Jahl, the pharaoh of the ummah, as her son as well. And Abu Jahl is the key uh, persecutor, tyrant of the Muslims. And Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu is someone who embraced Islam very early on, shortly after Dar al-Arqam. And he's one of those who made hijrah to Abyssinia as well on the second trip. So he's one of the first Muslims, but he didn't go on the first hijrah, but he went on the second one. Some of the Biographers say that that's either because he embraced Islam sometime after the first hijrah to Abyssinia, or it's because due to his lineage, due to the position that he had in society, being from two powerful tribes through his father and through his mother, there really was no need for him uh, to, to migrate at first. But then as, as the situation intensified, he needed to make that migration. So Ayyash anhu made the hijrah along with his wife, Asma bint Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha. So both he and his wife are considered amongst the first. SubhanAllah, if you start to notice, there are these names that keep on coming up. Fatima, Asma, Atika, uh, over and over and over again. And so Asma is uh, a common name and she is one of the Asma's and she uh, is one of the first Muslims as well. So Ayyash and Asma make their way to Habasha and their son, Abdullah ibn Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhuma was born there in Abyssinia. So they're one of those families of Muslims that actually gave birth to children uh, in Abyssinia. And that child would grow up to be a narrator on behalf of his parents, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. So this is the story of Ayyash and Asma and their son in Abyssinia. Now they come back to Mecca to join the Prophet on the Hijrah to Al-Madinah. And Ayyash being a close cousin of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu joins Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu on the Hijrah. So this is where the most famous story about Ayyash takes place. He was with Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu and as they were on their way, Abu Jahl caught up to them. Now again, Abu Jahl uh, was smarter than to make a move on Umar radiallahu anhu. You don't mess with Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. So this was a situation where they did not want to attack him in the presence of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. But what he says to him is he says to Ayyash that your mother is sick. Your mother is sick. Our mother is sick. 
And he has with him, by the way, as well, Al-Harith ibn Hisham. So they're three brothers now together. So he says, you know, Al-Harith ibn Hisham and Amr ibn Hisham, being Abu Jahal, say to Ayyash that your mother is sick and she is prolonged in her illness because of your Islam. So guilt tripping him to say that your mom is getting sicker because of your Islam and she has taken an oath that she will not eat or drink. And she will not even take shade, meaning she's going to sit outside and she's going in the hot Meccan sun and she's going to starve herself and dehydrate herself until you come back to her. SubhanAllah, imagine how tough this was. You remember when we talked about Miqdad radiallahu anhu, like when you talk about these early Muslims, you know, you think, I wish I could have been a companion. But imagine what that did to his heart, right? Like my mom, who I love very much, is going to die because of me. So they're guilt tripping him. Now Umar radiallahu anhu sees that this moved Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu says to him, don't do it. He says, listen, your mother, when it gets hot and the lice starts to creep up in her head, she'll go inside. And when she gets really, really hungry and really thirsty, she's going to eat, she's going to drink. Don't do it. So he keeps on warning Ayyash, don't go with them, oh Ayyash. Uh, you know, on top of that, they, they make these offers. Umar radiallahu anhu said, listen, I'll take care of you. I'll send what needs to be sent back, but don't go back with Abu Jahl and Al-Harith. They're up to no good. Eventually, however, Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says to Umar, Ya Umar, this is my mother. I need to obey my mother. I have to go back to my mother. And I'm not going to renounce Islam, but you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that you obey them. You, 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 you show them in ma'roof. You show them kindness. Just don't obey them in renouncing your religion. Let me just go check up on her. Let me convince her to eat and drink. Let me convince her to go inside. Let me assure her that I'm okay. And I'll come back. Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu remained skeptical of the intentions of Abu Jahl and Al-Harith. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says to him, well, look, if you're going to go and I can't stop you, then take this camel of mine because Umar radiallahu anhu had a healthy and a fast camel. And if they make a move on you, then then jolt, get out of there as quickly as you can. So Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, take my camel in case you need to get out of there very quickly. Ayash takes the camel of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And then on the way to Mecca, at that point, Abu Jahl has a plot with Al-Harith that gets him off of, uh, that gets Ayash off of his camel. And as soon as Ayash gets off of his camel, Abu Jahl and Harith jump on Ayash. They didn't attack him in the presence of Umar anhu because now they can outnumber him. Now they can crowd him. They jump on top of him, they chain him up, and then they take him back to Mecca in chains. And SubhanAllah, at that point, the persecution is, uh, is so severe on him that there is a wonder about him that if he renounced his faith as he went back to his mother, and if he is, you know, in this situation, does he ha have hope? So some of the ulama say, this is where the ayah, Say, O my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah forgives all sins and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is off forgiving most merciful. So you have a path back. So that's one of the explanations that this ayah was speaking to those who were forced back out of Islam. And so Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu maintained his Islam, even though for a moment he relented as he was being persecuted just under the pressure. 
but Ayyash remained in Mecca. Now this is such an important point of the story that I'm about to share with you here. We talked about Abu Jandal not too long ago and his situation. Ayyash was not someone that was able to escape Mecca and come back to Medina. From that point that he was captured on the way to the Hijrah, all the way until post Hudaybiyah, he remained under torture in Mecca. He remained under torture in Mecca. And Abu Hurairah he narrates, and it's actually you know, very profound, subhanAllah, who's narrating from Abu Hurairah. Uh, Abi Salama narrates from his father that Abu Hurairah anhu said, that I heard the Prophet ﷺ when he would say, in the last rak'ah, in Salat al Isha, of Salat al Isha, he would raise his hands and he would say in Qunut, Allahumma anji Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah, Allahumma anji al Walid ibn al Walid, Allahumma anji Salama ibn Hisham, who is the, uh, you know, so, so this is Salama who's being told by Abu Hurairah that the Prophet ﷺ used to make dua for you. Allahumma anji al-mustad'afina min al-mu'mineen. And the Prophet ﷺ would say, Oh Allah, help Ayyash. Oh Allah, help Al-Walid ibn, ibn, ibn al-Walid. Oh Allah, help Salama ibn Hisham. All three of them who were being persecuted in Mecca for their belief. And the Prophet ﷺ could not get them to Al-Madinah. Allahumma anji al-mustad'afina min al-mu'mineen. Oh Allah, help the, uh, the, the, the weak believers, the oppressed believers. Oh Allah, save them, rescue them. And then the Prophet said, Allahumma shdud, wat ataka ala mudar. Now, wat ataka ala mudar means, oh Allah, uh, inflict the tribe of mudar. He's speaking about the people of Mecca with drought. Allahumma ja'alha sinin kasini Yusuf alayhi salam. Oh Allah, make it years upon them, years of drought like it was upon the people of Yusuf So the Prophet was making dua for the persecuted ones in Mecca and he was making dua against their persecutors in Mecca and indeed a drought was inflicted upon them and the Prophet maintained his dua and his attachment to Ayyash, to Al-Walid ibn Al-Walid and to Salama who was narrating this from Abu Hurairah who was hearing the Prophet make this dua for him and those that were like him such as Ayyash. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all in Al-Makkah. So they were imprisoned in Mecca throughout this entire period and until the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. So he missed Badr, he missed Uhud, he missed Khandaq, he missed all of those things. And then when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah was made, remember that one of the clauses of that treaty were that if anyone escaped Mecca to the Prophet in Medina, they would have to be returned under that treaty. So what does this mean for him? When we talked about Abu Jandal, if you remember, there was a particular man we spoke about and his name was Abu Basir Abu Basir was the person the Prophet said, if, if he had an army, this man could cause, uh, lot, he, he could cause lots of destruction in a good sense and in a bad sense. But the point is, is that this is a, a very unique person who was persecuted in Mecca, made his way to Medina, captured again in Medina, killed his captors, you know, and the Prophet basically uh, hinted to him that he should leave Medina and he should set himself up somewhere else. So what he did was, Abu Basir, was he took a group of fugitives, he helped people escape from Mecca that were being tortured. And what they did was they stayed out of Medina to not be returned under the clause of the treaty, but they also harassed the caravans that were going between Asham and Mecca, putting Mecca in a desperate economic situation 
where the Meccans who put that, that, that clause in the treaty begged the Prophet ﷺ to please take in the Abu Basirs and the Abu Jandas of the world. Ayyash ibn Abi Rabi'ah radiallahu ta'ala anhu was one of those who was with Abu Wasir as well as Salama as well as Al-Walid ibn Al-Walid ibn Mughira. SubhanAllah. So these three men who the Prophet ﷺ was praying for as well as all of those that were persecuted in Mecca, they had gathered with Abu Basir until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a way for them to then join the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Al-Madinah. So imagine what he went through. SubhanAllah, had he listened to Umar radiallahu anhu, right? Then he would have made Hijrah and Badr and Uhud and Khandaq. But look at the path that he has to take back because of his good intentions when he heard that his mother was sick. But of course, there is no if, there is only what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed. Here we have a situation where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him through that test. And this is where Ibn Abbas anhu says, so second verse, He says that the verse in the first verse of Surah Al-Ankabut, do people think that they will simply say they believe and they will not be tested, refers to this group of people before all else, this group of people, subhanAllah, who were, were tested severely for their faith, remained in Mecca, tortured, unable to make their way to Al-Madinah, but they did not lose their resolve. And instead they joined the Prophet Sallallahu when the time came. So this is another verse that some of the ulama mentioned is, uh, is, is referring uh, to him. Lastly, there's the verse, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ أَنْ يَقْتُلَ مُؤْمِنًا إِلَّا خَطَأً That it is not for a believer to kill another believer except by mistake. And what that is referring to, according to the majority of the Mufassirun, is that when Ayyash joined the Prophet ﷺ in Fatih Mecca, okay, and he's with the Prophet ﷺ, he saw a person uh, who used to torture him in Mecca. And when he saw that person who used to torture him in Mecca, he assumed that he was still a non-Muslim. And his name, uh, according to some of the narrations, was, was Al-Harith bin Yazid. So when he saw him, he attacked him and he killed him. And he came to know after he attacked him and killed him that that man had actually repented and had embraced Islam. And he didn't know. And so the ayah came down that it is not for a believer to kill another believer except out of mistake. And here, subhanAllah, you have the situation where it was a mistake, but we, we, we trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, is fair and just to everyone and is the ultimate resolver of these things on the day of judgment. Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu, afterwards continued to play a prominent role in the various campaigns throughout the era of Al-Khulafa al-Rashidin, particularly in the time of Umar anhu, Ayyash joined the legendary battle of Yarmouk. And Yarmouk was the, the, the most decisive battle when it came to the Romans, the Byzantines, just as we spoke about Qadasiyah with the Persians. And he served under Khalid ibn al-Walid and he served with Ikrama ibn Abi Jahl and Ayyash and Salama together, who were being persecuted in Mecca. May Allah be pleased with them. Ayyash and Salama both were a part of the Muslim army at that time, and they were amongst those who were martyred at that time. And there's a famous story of Ikrama ibn Abi Jahl, uh, anhu, who of course repented and became a great companion, despite being one of the last to enter Islam, and despite having been an enemy of the Prophet for the greater part of the time of revelation, where the bucket of water is going around and each one of the shuhada is saying, go to my brother so-and-so, go to my brother so-and-so, 
go to my brother so-and-so until the water carrier had gone to each of them and each one of them had said, go to my brother so-and-so until he went back to Ikrama and Ikrama radiallahu ta'ala anhu had died a shaheed as well as Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu as well as Salama radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So subhanAllah, they uh, they had this situation where they were together and uh, Khalid radiallahu ta'ala anhu who was leading that of course said that they should be buried, that, that Ayyash and Salama should be buried uh, together in the same grave, subhanAllah, because they lived together, they were tortured together, they died together. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them. And this was the best of Banu Makhzum, the remnants of those who believed from the tribe of Abu Jahl. And Khalid radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, he wept when he led the janazah over them. And he said that these are the best of Banu Makhzum and there will never be anyone from Banu Makhzum like these men again, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. So this is Ayyash radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the cousin of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who through the obedience and love of his mother went through a very difficult path back to the Prophet but then ultimately died a martyr. And of course is one of the first Muslims, one of the people who still we count from Ashab al-Hijratain, the people of the two Hijras, because Ayyash had already made his way to Al-Madinah before he went back uh, to check on his mother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and accept his sacrifices. Jazakumullah khairan. I'll see you all next time, inshaAllah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.